0: Welcome to the Discipleship Discussions podcast on the Sovereign Hope Church podcast. Discipleship Discussions is a series of conversations aimed to help you and me move towards a culture of discipleship by doing just that, helping each other follow Jesus in all of life through the gospel. Helping us today are Logan and Kara Hines, Logan and Kara are both former members of Sovereign Hope Church, but who now live in Phoenix, Arizona, where they're members of Trinity Bible Church. Logan works in a physical therapy clinic, and Kara is a speech-language pathologist for the public schools in Phoenix. Not all of them, but one of them, or a handful (laughs) of them. Uh, And they also recently became parents of a lab puppy named Leo. So, uh, Logan and Kara, thanks for joining us and having this discussion with us.
1: Of course. Happy to be here.
2: Yeah, thanks for yeah,
0: having how, me. How is Leo these days?
1: Leo is currently sleeping uh, on his bed, but he's he's an early riser, so <laughs> he keeps us on our
0: toes. Has Leo made you guys excited about the potential of having children or terrified of the potential of having children?
2: Terrified at losing sleep because I already don't do very well with the dog.
0: <laughs> yes,
2: so that's well, okay. We're excited about that too. Things
0: we can trust God with. So.
2: Absolutely. So one thing we
0: always like to do is um, we always like to share for our sake and for the sake of those people whom we are talking to our definition for discipleship. And I'm not sure if this was something you guys knew when you guys were here or was expressed to you. But we define discipleship at Sovereign Hope um, as helping each other follow Jesus in all of life through the gospel. And so for you guys, we're going to talk as the podcast goes on about what discipleship looks like, both with you being discipled by someone and you discipling others. But how do you guys think about discipleship? What things come to mind that define uh, the distinctions of discipleship, um, where it's more than just friendship or more than just information transfer? What are those thoughts you guys have?
1: Yeah, I think of... Uh, from the, the terms of discipleship, I think it was Dever's little book, Discipling, that kind of helped me recently in the last few years think through like, okay, discipleship, discipling, like somewhat of a the difference there and, and the roles that they play, but also discipleship growing up in the church, uh, growing up around Christians. Uh, it was kind of a, I don't know, a, bi- a big word in the sense of like, it, it seemed like there was a lot that went on with it, but there, it wasn't always played out. Well, I didn't see that well growing up. And so, uh, but discipleship learning throughout for myself, learning that intentionally um, is, is more of that intentionally helping someone to, to follow Jesus, uh, that, that role mm. of discipling um, and then discipleship, like our own growth in, in the gospel, in following Jesus. Um, and so kind of those distinctions helped has helped me think through uh, discipleship and, and the many different avenues that that plays itself out in whether it's it's in marriage, in family, in the church, in uh, uh, friendships, um, and so I think it, it touches on a lot of different areas of life too that I've I've come to realize more so.
0: That's that's good, Kara. When you grew up thinking about discipleship because I think we're prone to two errors when it comes to discipleship. Both of you guys were raised in the church in a Christian culture. I think error one or ditch one is thinking that everything is discipleship. And so I know, Kara, you know, you growing up, all you wanted to do was go play Call of Duty with your girlfriends on the Xbox. <laughs> and we could if they're Christian, we could call that discipleship. Uh-huh. Or on the other end, uh, ditch number two is that, you know, only if we're reading, um, you know, the selected works of – uh, systematic theology, um, are we doing discipleship? So were you more prone to, uh, kind of the passive, everything is discipleship or the intimidating only academic book reading is discipleship?
2: I feel like my experience is actually somewhat different than both of those. If I'm allowed to say that. Oh, wow.
0: You can, a third ditch. This is great. This is a road none of us want to (laughs) be on, but we, (laughs) but you're helping us know where not to go.
2: Um, was more just like, um, like positive influence. So it had, so it was less like, Oh, everything is discipleship. Right. No, I knew it was like distinct. I knew it was kind of like a special relationship you had with someone really. Like it was kind of like, you had to be invited into something right to discipleship. Um, it didn't just like passively occur without trying. Um, but I don't think the content of what I was discipled in or like what those discipleship relationships had were like truly biblical. Mm. Um, and so we wouldn't have talked through like academic academia in the Christian world or probably even opened our Bibles a ton. It was more just like talking. Right. Right. So that I'd say I I guess does that con- do you consider that a third ditch? Does that
0: mean I think it? that's a great ditch. Yeah, okay. as long as we don't get 4 we could still go somewhere. 3 Perfect. is a safe number. Um 4 is just too many ditches. We need to start combining <laughs> ditches at that point. Um but I, but I think that's a really good point. And that's actually why in our definition we we give the means um how we help each other follow Jesus in all of life is through the gospel. Um because there is I mean you think of the things that we encounter on instagram or facebook there's a lot of biblical ideals that can often be disguised as merely helping each other be authentic to whomever we are and the bible is pro-authenticity uh but the bible is also telling us that we might be surprised at what our authentic self is like and that even jesus when he knows our authentic heart has still come to die for us Mm -hmm. um and so that's a really important distinction. And, and I think a ditch that helps us understand where we can err in that we can have really good intentions and in wanting to help and to love people. But discipleship is a call to following Jesus. And to think of Paul, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. Even if we're inviting them in with our lives, the anchor and shaper of our lives is still Jesus, not just, you know, everything has to be bound in something, whether mm-hmm. that's a moral, whether that's a love, um, whether it's a relationship, something grounds it. So I think that's a really helpful distinction, Kara. So, oh, go ahead, Logan.
1: I had a point, just thinking through like my own, like growing up and thinking through discipleship, I think a lot of it maybe in that sense was discipleship is, is fun and easy, which it is, mm. but there's also that that side to discipleship where it's, it's struggling on, alongside one another, coming along and, mm. and helping one another to suffer well. Um, and that's part of following Jesus. Like uh, the cost of following Jesus is is weighty. And so, um, realizing more of that, like, it's not just this happy go lucky friendship that we have. It's, it's an intentional, I'm going to help you follow Jesus. I'm going to correct, rebuke, rebuke, train, uh, in ways that we may not want all the time, but is hopefully helpful for us. Mm -hmm.
0: That's great. Yeah. And that's where I, I remember being in a, a seminary class once on prayer Um, Well, I think it was on spiritual disciplines in general. And we had to fill out these uh, kind of like development reports where we had to choose something that was underdeveloped and just about to a T every one of us in the class chose prayer. And I remember my professor, his name was Terry Burns. um, He just said, everybody does this. Everyone focuses on prayer. And he says, but it's so easy because you could just pray more. That's the solution. Pray more. But I think that goes back to what you're saying, Logan, is that discipleship, Um, it is simple, but it's not easy, right? It's, it sounds super easy to do, but unless you know what it looks like and what the, the goal is that Christ is calling us to and the, the means in which the gospel gives us those little, like like 10,000 little Velcro hooks that Mm -hmm. we need to know how to use to grab onto the fabric of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, it's profoundly simple, but it'll carry us into eternity, which is pretty stunning to think about. So I think that's a really helpful background. In um, illuminating kind of some other angles we could view discipleship. And I have a question for each of you, and, and that is when in your lives did you encounter uh, gospel centered discipleship, right? Discipleship where we're being called to follow Jesus in a way that is uh, sustainable and, and, and God honoring. What was that season like for you where you recognized growth, whether it was in the m- moment? or looking back a season later and what contributed to that?
1: I i mean, this is, I don't, this might be a humble brag on Sovereign Hope, but I think that one of the, here. it's your own plug. Yeah, I get it. Um, the, one of the more transforming seasons of my life was, was in Montana uh, in, when I was spending time there for, for school and, uh, and football and Sovereign Hope was a big part of, my shaping, not only my understanding of, of the church and uh, how we help one another, how we come alongside one another, um, but also that, that discipleship piece of how do we, as young men, follow those who are helping us follow Jesus. And so for myself, mm. um, coming, seeing other older men uh, help us follow along in the faith, becoming more Christ-like in that um, mm. And so I think that was a season of of growth, not only uh, personally but spiritually. I think exponentially spiritually, in the sense of the first time I, I had had relationships before, older relationships with like guys, at pastors that were like, "Hey, let's meet up and grab coffee or have lunch," but to have someone that like formally and informally to say, "Hey, let's let's look at this together. Hey, let's talk about this topic together. Um, let's talk about what it, what it means to." to be a disciple, let's look through different, uh, systematic theology books. Uh, let's, uh, study these topics of, of scripture that are, uh, necessary for us as we are to mature as Christians. Um, and so that, that intentionality of that, I think was, was something that, uh, helped guide myself into Mm. what was one of the more challenging seasons of life. I think, Mm. um, I think that had that, it reminded me of that that joy and struggle piece of discipleship where there's, it, it's joyful in many areas, but it's also struggle in, in other areas to, but having someone to come alongside and say, Hey, this is, this is good for you. This will help you in the long run where, where I didn't have, I didn't have eyes to see, but someone
2: else may have.
0: Mm, that's Looking good. Praise God for that.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, I would say too, like we have similar, um, similar stories when it comes to our experience at Sovereign Hope. And um, I mean, I can say that Sovereign Hope really helped me understand the gospel more clearly than I ever had before. And that absolutely shaped my thinking of discipleship then. Like if Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the gospel correctly, right. I can now think through the goal of discipleship. Like you had said, Tyler, I like how you had worded that. Like the goal of it is now more clear for me too. Um, It's not just like, being spiritual or be, you know, like all these right. thoughts I'd had prior, it's now very much focused on Christ. So yeah, I'd say that sovereign hope was huge. And I, I can't even say that I had one particular person in all of that, that like met one-on-one with me, but my experience of, um, we talk a lot about the role that informal discipleship had in that season of our lives, just, um, you know, not wanting to confuse that with like, all things are discipleship, right? Like right. wanting to be cautious. But it's that. true. Yeah.
0: So, uh, so tell me, cause I think that's an important distinction. So tell me what that was like for you where it wasn't this like scheduled time together, but the gospel was being imparted in a way, in a relationship that was beneficial.
2: I mean, we even talk about the time we've spent with you and your family in your own home, right? Like the time that we've witnessed your your marriage we've we've watched your your parenting right those those things have shaped us and helped us to grow uh in our understanding of how do we engage with younger couples in our own in the season we're in now like that was so helpful for us to have a model um And again, that wasn't like this scheduled, like we meet with Tyler and Sarah and we, but we, we learned so much from engaging in conversation, talking about, um, the things that we're learning and even in our community group. Like, I know that I'm probably rambling here, but like, I just, so many things come to mind, the deep friendships I had with these women in our community group and talking, um, together about what we're learning about the sermon. And, and, um, you know, if we're studying the word, things like that were really pivotal, uh, for my heart and mind in that season. So I can say that that laid a huge foundation for how we live now.
1: Yeah, I think along those terms, like talking about it, thinking through like the informal and formal side of discipleship, it wasn't necessarily a, a clear distinction of, hey, we're going to meet together for for you, maybe like, hey, I'm going to meet with this uh, lady one on one on this day, this time. But it was a mutual understanding of like, hey, we're going to We're going to meet at times. Like we're going to spend time together outside of, you know, the regular day or outside of Sunday service and just talk with one another, just understand like, Hey, this is what I'm going through. Or how have you done sort these sorts of things. Um, and then also that, that big piece of, of living life together, uh, whether it's Mm -hmm. throughout the week in community groups, uh, Monday night, football, uh, Sunday afternoons, um, that informal piece of, of learning, watching, having it modeled for, uh, biblical marriage, a healthy marriage, uh, parenting, hospitality, generosity, um, these different things that we, that are, I think key aspects of discipleship that are, they're not forced upon you. It's, it's observed.
0: Well, and I want to say, I I want to affirm something that is, I think, unique that God has done in your guys's life and, and in other people who are in a similar stage to you guys, because, uh, not only does it take, um, Cause the truth is when you guys are in homes and when we're in the homes of any other Christian, we're just being Christian in public, right? We're just, we're just trying to, uh, to not blow up at our kids and to make sure the food ends up in their bellies and not on the walls. Um, <laughs> but what's interesting is, is you guys knew you were looking for something. And I, that's, that says a lot where you guys are understanding that you are not sufficient in and of yourselves. Um, to to know what it takes with a you and Jesus mentality to follow him. But like you actually approach these things with this really helpful paradigm that as I'm watching these other brothers and sisters in Christ, I ought to consider um, their lives and their conduct and Mm -hmm. say, what is that showing about the gospel and how is that helpful? Because that gives you the palette, right? Of discipleship, because you get these contexts of... Uh, single dudes that you're hanging out with or newly married couples or older couples um, that have kids. Um, and I don't know if I've just described myself as the older couple with kids now, but this is a big <laughs> paradigm shift in my own life. Um, Old man. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, so I think that's a really helpful thing is to actually be thinking through and to encourage those who are around us to be thinking through like, what are you taking from this instead of just what are you modeling? Cause we're all trying to follow Jesus. And sometimes it leaks out. Intention or passively. And other times it's intentional, but what it takes is actually people to recognize, um, that they need other people to help them and viewing yeah. that through a lens of, of participation. So, um, thank you guys for your humble brag on sovereign hope, but you guys left us, which shows you how much you really loved us. Um, I think John says something about that. Um, if they were one of us, they would have stayed, um, but they went out from us. They're not one of us. um, <laughs> Yes, same concept. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, But you guys have now gone to a new church um, down in Phoenix. And so what was it like for you guys to build a discipleship rhythm um, in a new church? What were the challenges that went into that? And how did you guys think that through as you were moving down there?
2: I think because we knew um, that this would likely be a more long-term Place for us, a long-term move. Um, we had a lot of motivation of like, we want to get connected with someone. I, I want someone in my life that's discipling me. And I, my intention is to serve our church in a way where we're discipling younger people. Um, and so I think we came in like really ready. We were very much equipped from our time at Sovereign Hope to come into our new church knowing like, this is what we need uh, we need to be engaged in discipleship, both on the receiving end and the giving end. Um, and so, I was able to connect with a lady at our church, and we've been meeting for a few years now consistently. Um, and yeah, that that's been a really a really sweet thing.
1: I mean, I think the biggest one of the more helpful things is finding that that church, like-minded church that that upholds the gospel in a way that's that's right. Um, and so, finding that. Finding that church was the big thing of coming down here um, that was within our uh, location and proximity and things like that. But also transitioning into building relationships isn't always easy at first. Yeah. Um, and so the doing the work of showing up to things, of being present on on Sunday and throughout the week and, and joining a community group and and Sunday school and and being intentional with those people that you know we we maybe saw sought out and we're like, hey, we have similar interests. Um, and so, building those relationships, it 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 didn't come. It took time, uh, and it took being present and uh, uh, being available for the different things that were offered on during on the weekends during the week, um, and engaging in some of those relationships that Kara had had known. The girl, the lady that she actually meets with now, was uh, at Trinity when she originally was there when she was younger, um, and so so one of the connections that we had there is uh, her and her husband. And so just kind of getting to know some of those people and, and build those relationships um, was, I think, big in our transition to Phoenix because we had friends. We had uh, people that I we had both grown up with uh, in school and uh, in different areas of life. But building upon that that idea of we want our community to be the, the people that we are covenanting together in the local church. Mm-hmm. And so those relationships um or something that we we wanted to, to build upon quickly.
0: Uh and that that's a great example of how discipleship accelerates friendships to in a yeah. new thing, because you might not have anything in common with these people on a superficial level, but if you share Jesus, you actually share something that is um profoundly relational and practical in in the mm-hmm. life together that God has called us to in the church. Yeah. Um so one, one, one of the reasons we wanted to check in with you guys is the majority of people who we're talking to you on this podcast are in some way, whether part-time or full-time, doing some sort of ministry work. It's easy to talk about discipleship when you're, your schedule's freed to do that. And so, so I want to know how you guys do discipleship, set aside time. How do you think about that um, when you're not paid to do it? I was thinking, um, when, as we're recording this, uh, it is uh, holy week. We're a couple days away from good Friday and, um, in reading through John for our Easter series, John 21, there's this interesting thing that happens where Jesus has been resurrected. He's appeared to the disciples and the disciples are kind of just sitting around and Peter, It's like, let's go fishing. Like, this is what we do. This is what we did before Jesus was here. And I guess Jesus is gone now. So we're going to go back and start fishing. And they're wildly unsuccessful until Jesus shows up. And then Jesus uh, gives them this bountiful harvest. And then they come to the shore and Jesus commissions Peter and he commissions John. And in summary is commissioning all of the disciples that they're not to go back to being fishers, that they're called to something new. And so for you guys, you're not called away from your day jobs um, like the disciples were, but you are called to go into your day jobs and to view the whole of your lives through this new lens of being fishers of men, of having great commission implications, both to evangelize and to to teach all that has been commanded to us in scripture. So that was a long winded intro to the question. I'm interested to hear you guys say, how do you balance your limited resources of time with the desire
2: to disciple? This has definitely been something we've had to talk a lot about as our seasons have changed even like different jobs, different different seasons of life, even within the last few years in Phoenix.
1: Knowing that our, our schedules during the day are our work. We have uh, our normal work days. And so trying to figure out, I think a big part of that at the beginning was uh, both of us being interested or, or desired to uh, serve college students, to serve young adults, in a way. And so one of the first things that when we got to Trinity here in Phoenix, um, they were trying to restart or to start up a, a college ministry of sorts for young adults. And so that was kind of one of the first things that, that we, one of the ways we plugged in to serve. And that's kind of, that kind of helps in the sense of it's, it's built into our, our weeks. Like we plan for Thursday nights to, to meet with the, the college young adults uh, on a Thursday night um, and so it kind of it, it builds out from there I think too of, of realizing like yes we come together as, as a large group and there's individual relationships within that group that we spend time with and we talk with and even in small groups uh, but outside of that our one-to-one discipleship of, of finding those inside of that group that we can uh, meet with and that that looks different each week I think like Kara was talking about planning our weeks out or knowing like we're, there's going to be some nights where we where we give up time to do other things, but it's for, it's for the discipleship. Like we want to mm. prioritize that. We want to plan that. And so whether that's uh, planning out the month or the weeks ahead, knowing like, Hey, this is a night uh, Thursday night, we have a college group. Uh, let's Tuesday night plan on uh, both of us meeting with different people um, so that it, it allows us that time to, to know that we're, we're both busy at that time. Um, so we have the opportunity to meet, uh, those different places that we need to with other people. Um, but it also gives us days, nights throughout the week to, to, to plan other things and to have time for together with one another, um, and to think through our weeks. Uh, cause it, it, it is the, the, the resource of time is, is hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so to think through and to plan that out is not always easy. So yeah, yeah this being intentional with your time like, is, is
0: key where a lot mm-hmm. of, people, with well, that's their job. I mean, not that we're unintentional, but we could stumble into discipleship without ramifications on, on other things. Kara, what's it like, um, and I know I'm, I'm asking this to you, but it's not because Logan doesn't have the same dilemma, but how do you get over the feeling of uh, like Logan's going to meet with somebody on a Thursday night? How do you get over the feeling of feeling like you're giving up a spouse on that night? Um, how does the gospel provide a big enough framework for discipleship, where you understand the significance of that?
2: I would say that I, I just see the value in it. Like, I know that it's what God has called us to. Um, And I think, on the front end, if we communicate about when we're going to, like, how much can we give, right? We have, I think, a very reasonable balance, we want to also protect our marriage. And we know that, like God has made marriage to be good and we want to um, be faithful in our marriage as well. I think that just keeping in balance, both of those things, I don't know if, does that answer your question?
0: No, I think it does. And yeah. And I think it frames also what, um, I think what's assumed that I'm, I'm drawing out. Cause I know you guys what's assumed is that your marriage and your time together is also part of discipleship. It's yeah. not just um, that you want to hang out and, and Netflix and chill, even though no. that might be the medium some nights, but that, that your relationship with each other is part of that. Uh, one yeah. thing I always call marriage is marriage is just long form discipleship. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not, are we doing discipleship tonight? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's with whom are we doing discipleship? Yeah, sure. And that lifts the burden and makes it easier to do other things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Kara, you, I've, I've heard you talk about just in conversations, um, mentorship, what like so-and-so is being mentored by so-and-so and so Uh, What is that? Is that just the Phoenix term for discipleship? Is it distinct? Uh, How does that uh, look? um,
2: Well, I was asking for you, did you hear me say that recently? Or this is like old Kara, right?
0: Uh, I thought I heard it when we were down in Phoenix a couple weeks ago, but hmm. it could just be leftover vernacular if that's what you're assuming.
2: Well, I would definitely say that, like I spoke of at the beginning, like my idea of meeting with someone was more in a framework of mentorship prior to my understanding of the gospel going deeper, um, and being corrected. And so I now see like mentorship happens, I guess, like it could be in my workplace. It could be, it could be in like helping someone with, um, I don't know. I don't know that I have a good understanding of mentorship, but I know that discipleship is, is a more Christian term, right? So just more specific, (laughs) Um, and it it has more meaning and um, and more of a call to it. And so I'd say that my understanding of of mentorship has now transitioned into discipleship. like i I'm engaging in discipleship with others as opposed to how I used to think about it.
0: Right. so so perhaps in the past, it was attached to you know some some desired result. Um, yeah, but not necessarily yeah, the result of, of sanctification. So, like,
2: yeah, like positive things being encouraged, um, maybe even praying for one another. Um, whereas now, I really, I think the, a distinguishing piece for me when I think of discipleship is like confessing sin and accountability. And so that's not something that was captured in my experience of like mentorship. Um, mm. So that is a that is a shift that I've seen. Is that we, when I meet together, whether it's with who, you know, the person discipling me or who I'm discipling, like the goal is to really talk through our hearts, talk through what's happened. Like, how are we in sin? Like how, how are we fighting against sin? Um, and confessing that to one another, asking for prayer, praying together, studying God's words so that we can have a right understanding of our hearts. Um, so I would say that it's, it's not that I'm like Pro mentorship, I think it's that my understanding of how we meet together as Christians has changed and and matured. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that's and good. Helpful. And I think that's something you mentioned earlier that is so true: is the bigger the gospel gets, the break, the the bigger our desire for discipleship gets, and the scope of it, because it becomes so much simpler. It's not just about growth in a certain category; it's about growth in all of life, because the gospel changes all of life. And so I think there there are times where that mentorship, you know, think of, you know, care if you had someone from your church who worked in the same school district as you. Your mentorship might actually include an aspect of helping them in their career, but mm-hmm. behind that is actually the the greater thing is that the better they are in their career, the better they are to care for people like God has cared for us. The more diligent they are in their career, the more God is honored in their work. And so there's this component that roots it in the eternalities of the gospel instead of just um, growth up a social or economic ladder. Yeah. So I have some lightning round questions for you guys. Um, And uh, I'm interested to hear your guys' answers. So this is, uh, this falls into the, we can do all sorts of things that provide platforms for discipleship. So it's not always these intentional conversations, but there are places we could build relationships. So what is your favorite activity that you can do with someone, um, that can be used for discipleship, whether it's going for a walk, playing disc golf, uh, playing basketball.
1: I think the most common is, is, Hey, let's, I, I like food. I like coffee. I think a lot of those interactions or activities center around that. Um, nice. Let's grab something to eat. Let's grab coffee. We're um, pretty basic like that, to be honest. Yeah, pretty, pretty basic. <laughs>
0: so uh, both of your hobbies are just eating and drinking coffee. I think yes. so. Okay, that's great. Kara, is, are your answers the same as that?
2: Um, when I think of like formal discipleship right now, that is typically what it looks like. And I think it's because... I feel like that's a really good way for me to really focus on what someone's saying and listening to them and and talking well together. So I think that that just fosters like a really good, um, a really good conversation when we have, when we're meeting at a table like that. Um, That's good. Yeah.
0: Uh, What is your favorite biblical book? Um, to read with another brother or sister in Christ,
1: Ephesians. Why? Uh, I think Ephesians was one of the, in my understanding of the gospel, that really opened my eyes to to my own sin, uh, helped me see that mm. that my sin was not just a, a wrongdoing; it was an act against God. Mm. Uh, That's great. And so, helping, uh, we're actually studying Ephesians in our, our college group right now, and so it's 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 exciting to come alongside mm. those. Uh, young adults and students, and and just to see some some of their light, eyes light up as well, um, and to see some some transformation happening. Uh,
2: so hmm, that's good, Kara. Yeah, you know I studied James with um, with some girls, and I found that to be a really fruitful time. Um, I think the practicality of that book is really helpful in talking about like what does our life look like, and um, our do our lives reflect. Um, Christ. So I think I love, I think that's a good way to get started, right? With someone is to have a book that has a lot of practical implications for how we live.
0: Yeah. That's good. Alright, favorite, this one's a little more difficult, uh, favorite non-biblical book to read with someone for the sake of discipleship?
1: Uh, two come to mind. Greg Gilbert, What is the Gospel? Is that what we're talking about? These categories? Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> these categories. Yes. Not inspired writers. And then uh, Ray Orland's The Gospel, uh, how how that helps frame mm. the beauty of the church. helps The Gospel helps us understand the beauty of the church. Um, Those are great books. Yeah. Yeah. Cool ones.
2: You know, this is really embarrassing, but I kind of can't remember the name. But what's the book I just read over the summer? I read it at Sovereign Hope, too. Uh,
1: Hidden in the Gospel. Hidden
2: in the Gospel. Thank you. Hidden I was like, in the I not
1: by William the Yes.
2: But I've read it several times now because it's a really good book to go through simple and brings up a lot of good conversations. I think especially gauging where someone is in their gospel understanding, obviously it can open up really good conversations. Um, Yeah. yeah. So that, that was a really great time that I spent last summer with one of the girls from college group. Um,
0: Praise God. All right. You guys uh, live in Phoenix. There's lots of good Mexican food in Phoenix. This was a tension I felt in my own heart when we were down visiting you guys last uh two weeks ago dry or wet burritos wet burritos all the way Oh, enchilada style <laughs> as long as my
1: as long as my stomach can handle it you know
0: <laughs> i i just can't get there i can't get there like there's there's liberty in christ i understand it they yeah. put it. sauce they put cheese come on man
1: can't melt it wrong. all in
0: there but if you can't hold it in your hand it's nothing more than just a big enchilada yeah that's and, I, and no no one gets out of bed for enchiladas
1: I mean, it depends on the type of burrito I'm having, too. So
2: yeah, true.
0: All right. Well, we can agree oh, to yeah. disagree, and and God will use your ministry despite your poor decisions surrounding burritos. But uh, thank you guys for joining us and helping us uh, move towards a culture of discipleship in our own lives. We appreciate you guys, your friendship, your care for Sovereign Hope, and your ministry in
2: Phoenix. So thanks for stopping by with us. Of course. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for having us.